I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to discuss pandas and seashells. I'll be your guesser today, and Paige will be the researcher. Let's get rebutted. Hi, Rachel. Hey. How are you? You know, the day that we're recording this, we still don't know who the president is. Ah, yeah, we're doing this on, like, Friday night. So, still kind of scary right now. Yeah. Um, in addition to not knowing who the president is, we're recording this on the 10th anniversary of my bat mitzvah. That is also true. Very loaded day. And uh, Supernatural fans... I think that's what the show is called. Congratulations on your ship. Anyway. Who who got together? I don't... Okay, see, I don't watch the show. I've never watched the show. But I think the ship is called, like, Destiel or something. It's, like, the two main characters, I think. Oh. And, like, they made it canon is the oh. story. So people are going wild. I've seen, like, two episodes, and I can't say I really got into it. There's something called Super Hell. That's all I know. Interesting. Anyway. Anyway. How do you feel about pandas? I love pandas. Actually, the pants I was wearing earlier today had pandas all over them. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I, I think they're cute, but I don't like them that much. Why not? Well, you're about to find out. <laughs> I'm going to give unto you some anti-panda propaganda. <laughs> Here we go. So, where do you think pandas live? Well, I think the majority, the vast majority of pandas live in zoos. Okay, well, in the wild. Oh, in the wild? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. China. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, like, the super mountainous parts of China in territories like Sichuan, Shanxi, and Gansu. And they used to have a bigger range, but human development has pushed them to these fewer mountainy regions. Wow, good going, humans. Yeah, good start, right? Yeah. Why are pandas black and white? Well, I would say they evolved to be that way. Why did they evolve to be that way, though? Perhaps because, perhaps because. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Perhaps because all the other animals in their region can only be in color, but they can't see shades such as black and white. And so it helps them blend in. <laughs> You're actually not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, it's a multi-part question, but overall, camouflage is the right idea. But like the different colors are for different things. What would the white be for, do you think? Well, clearly pandas are part polar bear, so that's what the white stands for. Okay, um, similar vein. Why do polar bears need to be white? To blend in with the snow. Yeah, there you go. You wouldn't think that something as big as a panda would need to hide from anything, but panda cubs are preyed upon by, like, jackals and leopards, so it's mostly for the little babies. Oh. Yeah. Now, what do you think the black is for? Well, I would say the black is probably so they, you know. I don't know. They want to be able to pass as black bears. <laughs> so that way when they go to other when when they go to their bear parties, they can be cool like the black bears. But like they can only stick their paw out and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's a black bear." But yeah. they have to hide the rest of it behind a curtain or something. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I wish you were right. The black is also for camouflage, but instead oh. of yeah, but instead of snow, it's for Dark places like a forest, for example, because this part of China, it's not snowy all year round. And again, you wouldn't think pandas need to hide, but this is also for the babies. So put together, the black and white is like a very, very specific camouflage for a very specific ecosystem. Mm, In therapy, we call that black and white thinking. Oh, I did not know that. Um, Okay. Well, that's referring to a different idea from pandas, but... There is a such thing as black and white thinking. Ah, gotcha. Oh, the black markings on the face are actually something entirely different. Oh. Why do you think the ears are black? Well, the ears are black so that they can hear darkness. Hear darkness? Yeah. How does that work? Synesthesia. Oh, okay. Uh, Wrong. I am I'm about to I just need to find I shouldn't make my show notes all one text makes it very hard to find things one font size I mean the black ears apparently are used to deter predators like if there's a jackal and it's like oh look a little baby panda that I'm going to consume the mama's big scary black ears might scare off the jackal and save the baby Uh, interesting yeah, I should also mention that, like, none of this is for certain. This is all theorized, I believe, from a university website that you can find in the show notes. Uh, what are the black eye spots for? Well, that's to block out the sun. Good theory, but the actual theory is that they use them to communicate with one another, kind of like eyebrows. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like... It's a lot harder to tell what someone's emoting if they don't have eyebrows, you know? Oh. Yeah, this is essentially the same thing. Interesting. Okay, we're about to get into, like, the reason I dislike pandas. Oh, it's like, I don't, I don't hate pandas. I just, I don't understand them, you know? I don't understand why they are the way they are. All right, let's do it. What do you think a panda's diet consists of? Bamboo. Yeah, correct. In spite of being omnivorous bears, 
pandas eat almost exclusively bamboo. And I'm going to give you a quick little panda biology lesson. Okay. Panda digestion tracts are like a carnivorous digestion tract, which means they have super shortened intestines, one chamber stomachs, and they are built for breaking down protein. In comparison, an omnivore's digestion tract is typically a lot longer and they have multi-chambered stomachs so they can break down plants fiber easier. Pandas do not have this and they have to eat a quarter of their weight in bamboo a day to survive. That's a lot. Yeah, and fun fact, because they eat so much bamboo, pandas poop like 40 times a day. (laughs) That's a lot of poop. That's like even more than a rabbit. I know. Why do you think pandas only eat bamboo? Perhaps because it's plentiful. It's it's an easy source. Like pandas are lazy and there's bamboo everywhere. And so they notice that it's a renewable, sustainable resource. And so they see bamboo and they're like, oh, that's for me. Kind of, yeah. There are two theories. The first theory is because of some bizarre genetic mutation where pandas can no longer taste meat and so no longer want to eat it. Not proven, just theory. The second theory is because catching and eating things is pretty hard, especially when you have to compete with things like jackals and leopards and whatnot. But if you're the only one eating the bamboo, you don't have any competition. Exactly. Yeah, so you got it like three quarters of the way, right? How do pandas get by on only bamboo? They have a very specific method. Well, what do you mean get by? Like, how do they survive by only eating bamboo? Like, there's a very specific schedule. Oh, okay. So, yeah, all right. So they eat when their metabolism is probably slowest so that they can maintain weight. That makes sense, but wrong (laughs) (laughs) okay so here's how this works pandas need three core nutrients to not die they need nitrogen they need phosphorus and they need calcium in the beginning of the year pandas will eat wood bamboo at the base of the mountains which gives them the nitrogen and the phosphorus but in the summer that bamboo dies so then pandas have to climb up the mountains where it's cooler and eat arrow bamboo which gives them the calcium And this works fine until winter and everything is dead, which is partially why pandas are a vulnerable species. They just starve to death in the winter. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) That's rough. Yeah, it gets worse. So this is only half of the reason why pandas are vulnerable. Do you want to guess the other half of the reason why they're vulnerable? Uh, Well, let's see. They starve to death in the winter, and they're just so lazy. Like, they just don't fight back. (laughs) I see my panda propaganda is getting to you. It is, although I still love pandas. They're very cute. I will give them that. So, you're kind of right. More about panda biology really quick. Female pandas are only fertile between 24 and 48 hours, Every freaking year. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. And it's always in like April, May, usually late April, I think. And even if she manages to get pregnant during this time, she needs calcium to carry out the pregnancy. 
mm-hmm. which she doesn't get until like July when she goes and eats the arrow bamboo. So the pregnancy is on pause until July, and then it takes like up to five more months to actually have the baby. And then the female cannot have another baby for another two years. So So you're saying that pandas get pregnant and then their pregnancy goes dormant until they can get the proper nutrients? Yeah, polar bears actually do something similar, but this is taking it to a whole other degree of stupidity. Um, (laughs) That's intense. So because of this ridiculous mating window, some pandas have literally forgotten how to have sex. Wow. I mean, that's that's me. That's me during COVID. <laughs> it's a lot of people during COVID. Yeah. So pandas, they're just, they're not good at surviving. Natural selection should have killed them years ago. But because of preservation efforts, actually, because of conservation efforts, they have seen a 17% increase in population since, I believe, 2001. That, I mean, this is the news that we need. <laughs> Where was this news earlier this week? I mean, I remember in the early 2000s, everybody being like, save the pandas, save the pandas. And the pandas are always on like the front page of like, like the stereotypical save the animals. Yeah, thing. like this is what makes me mad. They're actively trying to kill themselves. <laughs> They could very well kill something and eat it, but they don't because eating bamboo and starving to death in the winter is easier. Well, you could say the same about vegans. I suppose, but pandas can't go to Whole Foods, you know? That's true. I'm not mad at pandas, you know? I'm happy that they're living their best lives, even if their best lives means that we have to work really hard to keep them alive. I'm mad at pandas. But I'm also happy that they're not dead. Your propaganda cannot brainwash me. Well, I tried my best. Let's talk about red pandas. Okay. True or false, red pandas are a subspecies of panda. False. You're correct. Red pandas have their own unique family called Alluridae. And they're more closely related to ferrets than pandas. I love it. Where do red pandas live? Oh, wow. Um, China. Pretty much. They also live in China, but their range extends all the way to, like into the Himalayas. So they can also be found in Nepal, India, and Bhutan. I was going to say India, but I kind of second-guessed myself. Yeah, it's only like the northern part of India, though, I mm. think. I'd have to double-check. Uh, what do red pandas' diets consist of? Red pandas, on the other hand, will eat all kinds of stuff. Sort of. They also mostly eat bamboo. Have you ever eaten bamboo? Because I have. Well, yeah, like comes with food sometimes. Yeah. It's okay. I like it. (laughs) I'm I'm like debating, is this a good time to tell like that cemetery story? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... My, our friend Mary and I used to work in the local cemetery in our town. And the first day I was working there, uh, we were tasked with getting rid of some bamboo that was planted and was like growing out of control. So I hacked some of it away and I noticed one of the stalks was vibrating. I was like, hey, Mary, check this out. This bamboo stalk is vibrating. And she's like, huh, that's weird. 
And as she was saying that, I looked down into the chute and the entire bamboo stalk was like infested with ants and like they were like starting to crawl out near my hand and we both like screamed and threw the chute down and ran away. For listeners out there, you can also find out other scary ant stories by listening to our episode on ants and something else. What was the other thing? I don't remember. Well, if you want to listen about ants, oh, ants and textbooks. Yes. <laughs> if you want to hear about ants and textbooks, uh, look at that episode. What was I talking about again? I don't know, but that story is crazy. I've heard it before, and I can just imagine every single detail of how that went down. It's one of my favorite stories from my teenagehood. Oh, yeah. So red pandas eat bamboo, and they also are pretty good at catching and eating bugs. So they actually get protein, which is a far cry from regular pandas. Well, that's because they're not pandas. Yeah, they're little ferret boys. They're like descendants of pandas. They're related to pandas, but they are not pandas. They are the distant cousin of pandas. Yeah. True or false, pandas are also a vulnerable species. Pandas or red pandas? Oh, red pandas, I'm sorry. True. False. Oh. Well, (laughs) they're actually endangered. But, okay, well, didn't you say vulnerable? Well, there's a difference between vulnerable and endangered. Really? Yeah. That's a classification? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, pandas are only vulnerable because of the conservation efforts. Oh, I was thinking vulnerable as in, like, in the literal sense. Oh, no, no. It's its own classification. Okay. And if you want to hear more about that, you should go to... I gotta find the link. Worldwildlife.org Is their logo a panda? Their logo is a panda, actually. Yeah. So they are an endangered species. They have less than 10,000 of them left in the wild, according to World Wildlife Association. And their population has been cut in half since 2001. That's upsetting. That is very upsetting. And like, even though they have a balanced diet and they know how to procreate and they generally know how to survive, why do you think they're endangered? Because people keep cutting down the rainforests. You're kind of right. While that is a factor, the bigger factors are the illegal pet trade. Oh. And poaching. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. Those are such terrible reasons. How could you poach something that cute? Honestly. Yeah, well, the problem with with poaching is so multifaceted. That's, like, for another episode entirely. Yeah. But, yeah. But in China, some parts of China, their tails can be considered a good luck charm at weddings. And then in the U.S., at the peak of red panda poaching, which was in like the 70s, their coats were only being sold for the equivalent of $1 today. I hate it. That is upsetting. (laughs) That is, I hate it. Yeah. Um, Some lighter facts about red pandas. (laughs) If you've seen, like, any pictures of them, you may notice that they stick their tongue out a lot. It's so cute. It's very cute. But do you know why they do it? So that they can get a sense of the outside temperature. Very close. It's the same reason that snakes stick their tongue out. Like, they do it to taste the air. 
Yeah. Yeah, they got the same thing as like snakes and lizards do, where if they stick their tongue out, they can taste the air. Amazing. Yeah. One time. (laughs) (laughs) One time. (laughs) One time I went on a field trip in college. I went kayaking. And while I was on this trip, um, we were learning things about the river that we were on. And and, um, at one point we stopped because the guide saw a snake in the water. And so he caught it. And oh my god! <laughs> like just barehanded? Yeah. Oh my and- god! <laughs> yeah, South Carolina is wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, he was like, "Who wants to hold the snake?" And I'm like, "I do." <laughs> and so I I paddled over there and I got to hold the snake. Was it venomous? Um, I uh, if it was, it wasn't deemed a major threat. Do you, oh, okay. Yeah. Do you remember what kind of snake it was? I'm genuinely curious. I actually don't remember, but they're very common in that area of South Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope that my panda propaganda has affected someone out there. And a lot of the information I got is actually from a YouTube channel I really like called Animal Logic. Wow, and they do like little mini documentaries, and the host like sits and draws the animal while she's talking about it. So if you like drawing and you like biology, you might want to check them out. Okay, hey channel, sponsor us. Um, they're actually the ones that need the sponsoring <laughs> more than us. Not more than us, but they're not going to give us anything. <laughs> I just said that because I really like animal logic. Hmm. Time for a word from our sponsor. Are you an endangered species? Are poachers and loggers encroaching on your territory? Then you need the pocket airlift. The pocket airlift is the latest and greatest solution for endangered and vulnerable species across the globe. If you see a threat, simply deploy the pocket airlift, and watch as in seconds it manifests into a helicopter to fly you away in safety and style. Go to kickstarter.com slash pocket airlift slash r for more information. Pocket airlift, survival in style. I'm about to send you a picture of that river. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's pretty magical. Is it, like, brown? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a blackwater river. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what that means? Nope. So black water basically means that all the leaves that are in the river, like it's kind of like tea and they turn the water dark like tea. So it's not that the water is dirty. It's just it's leaf sediment, really. That's really cool. And we should keep that in the episode. Yeah. If you're ever going through South Carolina, there are some really cool ecosystems. And while certain other things suck... You can go in the swamp and see some really cool stuff. I, I realize that not everybody freaks out about swamps like I do. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by South Carolina. <laughs> uh, Welcome back. Hey. Uh, now we're going to talk about seashells. Oh. Yeah. Seashells. Seashells. What are seashells made out of? I mean, I would say a lot of their material is, like, calcium, but they're typically, like, 
like the body of of various shellfish. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're mostly made out of calcium carbonate, and because of this, a lot of shells will dissolve if you leave them in vinegar for long enough. Interesting. Yeah. How are seashells formed? Well, they grow as part of the body, right? What causes them to grow? The, the same thing that causes our fingernails to grow. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, all seashells at some point were part of a mollusk, and most of them are born without a shell, but the baby mollusk takes in salt and calcium from the ocean water and uses it to secrete calcium carbonate, which eventually separates into three layers to make a sturdy shell. Uh, the shell adheres to the animal with strong, stringy muscles, and when the mollusk dies, the shell detaches and washes up on shore. Sad. Little bit sad, yeah. Not as sad as the red panda, I will say. What makes shells different shapes from other shells? Well, it depends on what animal they're coming from. Yes, correct. Yeah, just because there's a bunch of different mollusks out there, and different mollusks make different shells. Like, for example, a conch shell is shaped the way it is because, like, when they're forming it, they stack up instead of out, which makes a bigger but thinner and more delicate shell, which is why you find them broken a lot. All hail the magic conch! All hail the magic conch! I made a Spongebob reference up the other day to some kids and they didn't understand it. Yeah. How old were the kids? Like, they were teenagers. Why did you have access to teenagers? Because I was at the dollar store and, they <laughs> and like, we somehow started having a conversation. Ah, I see. Um, just... Yeah, a lot of teenagers, they were sort of alive, like, right as Spongebob turned horrible, like, after 2005. And so... A lot of kids now don't like Spongebob, and I don't understand why Nickelodeon keeps making more episodes. It didn't become horrible after 2005. It was a little later than that. I argue that almost almost all of the episodes post the, the original Spongebob movie are pretty bad. Not well, all of them, but a lot of them. You're like more of a Spongebob connoisseur than I am. I'm not that picky. I say, like, things after 2010 or where it started to go downhill. 2010? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to be generous and give you 2006. No, like, they weren't that bad. They were pretty bad. I Well, I'm not as picky when it comes to cartoons as you are. That's true. Like, like when I think of the really bad ones, like, I think of um, Karate Island. Yeah, I didn't like that one that much. And I think of... Uh, like the the milkshake one. Oh, the kelp shakes. Yeah, the kelp shakes. I like. I did like that one. <laughs> and, and and there are some other ones, and they're just oh my god. You're also like talking to the person that watched baby shows until it's like eight. So I mean, so did I. But mm, I don't know. I like SpongeBob. I love SpongeBob. Well, you like you're like a SpongeBob purist. Yeah. <laughs> the, the original movie was great. The original movie was really good. That, that is an excellent movie. Like, I I will happily watch that today. I would love... We should watch, we should watch that later, actually. Yeah, um, we can do that. Cask Aurora to put it on the thing. I, You know, it's probably already on there. I know that there have been some tech issues, but it's probably already on there. Awesome. 
While you check, I'll give you the next question to answer. Okay. What makes shells different colors? Um, I would say it probably has to do with different chemical reactions of the shell to the ocean water. And then there's also uh, pollution that contributes to it. Like, I think mussel shells are only black because of oil spills. Time to get rebutted. Okay. Sometimes shells will get black after like an oil spill, but that doesn't happen super often. The main reason is diet and water temperature. Warm water will tend to have a more diverse like ecosystem. So the mouths can feed on a bunch of different things. And the diverse diet plus the warm water will make the shells a lighter or more colorful hue, typically. And on the other hand, cooler water with a less diverse diet will lead to a darker color. Huh. Did you know that flamingos are pink because of all the shrimp they eat? I did know that. I learned that in fifth grade for a research project. Oh, really? Yeah. You did flamingos for that project and I did manatees. (laughs) I don't remember anything about manatees. Yeah, the only thing I remember about flamingos is why they're pink and and that a lot of flamingos in the wild are not pink because of uh, pollution and so the flamingos aren't getting enough shrimp to eat. Aw. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, that's what I took away from that project. Hello, Ms. Harrison. No. <laughs> um, do you know, like, the she sells seashells thing? Yeah. When do you think that became a thing? And instead of, like, exact year, give me a decade. 30s. Uh, 1908. Okay. Do you want to try and give me the profession of the person that came up with the rhyme? Uh, Seashell salesperson. Good guess. It was written by songwriter Ted Sullivan. Oh. Yeah, it was supposedly inspired by a fossil hunter named Mary Anning. And it's actually like its own little song, which is even more of a tongue twister. And I'm probably going to mess up saying it, but she sells seashells on the seashore. The shells see- <laughs> the shells she sells are seashells, I'm sure. For if she sells seashells on the seashore, then I'm sure she sells seashore shells. I have a confession. Yeah. I hate tongue twisters. I also hate tongue twisters, but that's mostly because I just have a hard time talking in general. Yeah, me too. You would not believe the amount of stutters I have to cut out in editing sometimes. I would believe it. (laughs) You've also (laughs) seen it. We edit, we take turns editing, so we each have to edit out my stutters. And, and lots of my, like, ums. (laughs) And lots of my ums, too. I tend to say one um between every question I ask. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's all I have. Okay. Well, that's about it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media, as if you're not already checking Google for the election results. Well, yeah. Hopefully they would have been announced by Monday. Yeah, hopefully a few days from now we'll know who the president will be in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows?
But until then, you can find us on social media at Research Rebuttal Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Research Rebut on Twitter. You can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. And, you know, how do you feel about pandas? Yeah, how do you feel about pandas? Do you hate them like Paige? I don't hate them. I just dislike them. Do you hate pandas like Paige or do no. you love them like Rachel? And, and um, do you prefer like regular pandas or red pandas? Do you eat bamboo? American Citrus Council, please sponsor us. South Carolina, please sponsor us. Okay, bye. Bye. I keep losing my spot. I keep losing my mind. Same. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.